教。Well, good morning again. It's great to be back with you this week.、Uh, if you weren't, if you were here last week, you know we, we weren't here. My family and I were out of town, and、um, always, always、uh, grateful for that family time. But、I、always miss my fellowship family, and so、uh, it's great to be back with you today.、I'm、always thankful for my brother John Weaver,、uh, who's willing to step in and. And share the word with you, and、uh, always thankful for Pastor Lee leading us. It, I want you to know what a blessing it is、uh, for me as pastor to know that that we can be away and and know that that things are in good hands. And、um, so I, I want to thank them for doing that. But、um, last week we were out of town. We were in we were in Oklahoma, where my wife is is from, and so we were with Abby's family, and we were celebrating not only Thanksgiving, but we were celebrating her grandmother's 90th birthday. So. People from all over the country. It was kind of a big family reunion, and so we all gathered in Tulsa and、um, had a great, great family gathering、uh, around the table. There were 52 people there.、Uh, 24 of them were between the ages of 13 and three months. So just imagine kind of what that that space was like.、Uh, but it was <laughs> it was a great time, and、uh, it got me thinking a lot about family. And I know that this is kind of a season where we think about. Family and some of those family traditions that we have, and so、um, I thought we might look at that a little bit today.、Uh, last week reminded me, even though I was in Oklahoma with with Abby's side of the family, there there was a family tradition that's special to my side of the family that happens during that time,、uh, and it happens the day after Thanksgiving. So for、um, For many many years, my dad and I used to go、uh, Black Friday shopping the day after Thanksgiving. Ever since I was ten, so it's probably it's a tradition that's lasted over 40 years. And even even during COVID, we set up a projector in my、uh, in my garage, and we we pulled up all the websites of all of our favorite stores, and we shopped that way. So、um, so I was I was a little bit disappointed that we weren't going to be able to have that tradition this year, but but thankfully I got to. Got to pass that tradition on to the next generation.、Uh, my daughter Lily Brooks, who's 11, or she's 12 now,、um, we got up at 5 a.m. and we went out into downtown Tulsa and found all the、uh, to try to find all the best deals. And、uh, so it was it was great that we got to continue that tradition.、Uh, but one of the things that that Lily Brooks discovered was something that I discovered. Uh, over 30 years ago, and it was that the day after Thanksgiving shopping for the Carey family is less about the deals and it's more about the dining. It's more about breakfast, right? So somehow Dad and I always ended up、uh, at Cracker Barrel、uh, more than any other store, and that was the same this year. We didn't go to Cracker Barrel, but、uh, for her it was Starbucks. So we ended up at Starbucks and we ended up sharing、uh, breakfast together and and some coffee and some stories about. Family traditions, and so、uh, what I discovered was that in, in an unexpected way, the family tradition was was continuing, and、uh, I hope it will for many more generations.、Uh, I wonder what what family traditions you have that are important to you. What what comes to mind when you think of family traditions that have been passed down the line from generation to generation? Take just a second and and think about those. I think it's important for us to to think about them and and to remember them and to to recognize the impact that they have on our lives and how they shape us and and mold us. You know,、uh, I've been mentioning events, but but events aren't the only things that we pass down the line from generation to generation, right?、Um, as I was thinking about that this this week, I thought of a few examples that I wanted to share with you just about me. And 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 the first one is this. 
uh, one, of, one of my family traditions is I come from a long line of Williams, uh, people whose name are William. I don't know if you know this or not, but my granddad's name uh, was William Ray Carey Sr., and so my dad was given the name William Ray Carey Jr., and when I was born, I was given the name William Ray Carey the third, and that's where Trey comes from because Trey means three. So that's been my, my nickname my whole life. And, uh, and so when our son was born, we named him William Ray Carey the fourth. And uh, this was a family tradition that I shared with Abby uh, very early on in our relationship so, so that she knew what she was getting herself into, uh, this family tradition. And so, so uh, and, and when I shared this with my wife, I found out that her grandfather's name was actually William. So we come from a long line of Williams on both sides. And our son, who's been called a lot of things uh, in, his, in his seven years of life, uh, he goes by Leo now. Uh, but when he was first born, we called him William. And uh, when he first learned to be able to say his name to people, it was all one word. He would introduce himself as William Ray Carey IV. And... <laughs> Uh, he was so proud uh, to come from a long line of Williams, and, and I am too. It's kind of a, a family tradition. Uh, as I was thinking about it this week too, there's another uh, family tradition that, that I wanted to share with you, and it's that I come from a long line of, of wildcats. I don't know if y'all knew this or not. Some of y'all may know that, uh, that I'm a fairly avid fan of the University of Kentucky, whose, whose mascot happens to be uh, the Wildcats. Uh, what you may not know is that uh, I'm the first person in my family, at least on my dad's side I know, but, but I think both sides of the family, uh, to be born in, in the great state of Tennessee. Everybody else was born uh, right outside of, of Lexington, Kentucky, uh, right not far from the campus of the University of, of Kentucky. So um, I was raised to, to believe that I was from Kentucky, and so I thought for a long time that Murfreesboro was in Kentucky, that I was from Murfreesboro, Kentucky. I don't think it was until I got to kindergarten that I really found out that that I was living and born in the great state of Tennessee. So I'm proud to be uh, a Tennessean, uh, but I am also proud to come from a long line of wildcats. Um, it's a family tradition. The last one I want to share with you this morning, just as kind of setting up our, our theme this morning, one final example of a family tradition that, that you may not know about is that I come from a long line of wrestlers. Now, you may not be able to tell that from looking at me, but, uh, but I do come from a long line of wrestlers, and I found out some more about that this, this last week when we were in Tulsa. Uh, Abby's Meemaw uh, was telling us about her, her sons, and uh, one of which is Abby's dad, Gary, my father-in-law, and she was telling us about uh, that, that they were wrestlers, and I knew that, that my father-in-law had gotten an athletic scholarship to Auburn uh, for baseball and for wrestling, and I knew that his brother, Daryl, had wrestled too. He was a high school wrestling coach and softball coach, but, but what I didn't realize was that my father-in-law was the Oklahoma State champion in his weight class his senior year of high school uh, for wrestling, and so I thought that was pretty impressive, uh, And uh, but, but, but here's the thing. That's not the reason why I come from a long line of wrestlers. See, I found out that I came from a long line of wrestlers from, from our scripture lesson today, actually. It comes from a story that's found in the book of Genesis. The 25th chapter of Genesis begins with this story of a famous wrestler in the Bible who went by the name of Jacob. How many of you have heard Jacob's story before? You know, he was given the name 
Jacob because that means one who grasps at the heel. Because he literally came out of the womb wrestling with his twin brother Esau. And, and the, as the story goes, he and his brother wrestled their whole lives. They wrestled for their father's blessing and birthright. They wrestled for their mother's attention and affection. They wrestled for their place in the family and their place in the world. Jacob had been a wrestler his whole life. He had been fighting for power and, and position and possessions. But when we get to our scripture lesson today, Genesis chapter 32, Jacob finally meets his match when he gets into a wrestling match with God. And so I want to read this passage of scripture for you today. This is God's word for us today. Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 30. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overcome him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have wrestled, you've struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. See, that night, Jacob, the one who, who grasps at the heel, was given a new name, Israel which means one who wrestles with God. Now, you may not think this is a Christmas story, but I think it's an important one as we move towards the manger this season of Advent because I believe it's a powerful example of, of our family tradition. You know, as human beings, we all come from a long line of wrestlers. We come from a long line of people who wrestle with God. It's, see, it's not just that it happened, it's, it's that it happens all the time. How many of us this morning would be willing to admit that? That we have been one who wrestles with God. That we have longed for this gift of peace, but we've wrestled for power and position and possessions in hopes of finding it only to, to end up feeling disappointed and disconnected. I'll be the first to admit, if I'm honest, Jacob's story is my story. There have been times in my life that I've wrestled with God because I've wanted something that, that someone else had and I wondered why God hadn't provided it for me. There have been times in my life when I've wrestled with, 
with others receiving blessings that I thought was part of my birthright. There have been times in my life that I've wrestled with with why certain people that I see on social media seem so happy and seem to have everything. And, and, and there have been times that I've felt like I was just struggling to get by. Just like Jacob. There have been times in my life that comparison and competition have, have stolen my contentment. How about you? There have also been times in my life that I've wrestled with with striving and straining to do enough or to be enough to be accepted by God, to earn God's love. There have been times when I've tried to, to climb the stairway to heaven without realizing that I didn't have to climb up to get to a certain place where God was waiting to accept me, but that God had already come down to meet me where I was. Just like Jacob, I've had to learn to say, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. There's, that's another story in Genesis chapter 28, part of Jacob's story, if you want to go back and read it. The, the point I'm trying to make is this. Just like Jacob, one who wrestles with God, there have been times in my life when, when shame from my past or, or fear of my future have robbed me of peace in my present and I wonder if you might feel the same way too for me the fact that that God's people Israel are, are named after one who wrestles with God that fact in and of itself actually gives me a lot of peace because if Jacob can find peace through through wrestling with God, then, then maybe there's, there's hope for peace for, for somebody like me, too. See, what I've learned is that the truth of the matter is that wrestling with God is a whole lot better than wrestling without God. Does that make sense? Let me, let me say that one more time. Wrestling with God is a whole lot better than wrestling without God. What if that, in fact, is the path to peace? You know, if you think about it like that, then, then maybe you're like me. Maybe, maybe you're starting to believe that, that there's hope for you today, for you to find the peace that you've been searching for, the peace that you've been wrestling with for a long time, maybe even wrestling with God. Friends, if that's you this morning, then I want you to know that I've got some good news. It's actually the good news of God's grace that's, that's given to us, that's found in Jesus. Last week we started this series for Advent. It's called Roots, Advent and the Family Story of Jesus. We're, we're exploring uh, what Brother John talked about last week, the context of the Christmas story. Uh, we're, we're, we're learning about how the Christmas story didn't happen in a vacuum, right? It's a real story with real people, and there was context. There's facts that form the foundation of this story. And one of the most important facts is that Jesus came from a particular people. He came from a particular place and for a particular 
purpose. One of the things we learn from the story of Jesus that's found in the Gospels, especially in the, the Gospel of Matthew that starts with all the begats, all the so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, all the way down to Jesus, what we learn is that Jesus had a family tree, right? Uh, he came from a long line of, of people. It's, it's called the Jesse tree. John talked about that a little bit last week. Jesse was Jesus' earthly grandfather, and his lineage went back many generations. It went back all the way to King David, and, and even further than that, actually, if you follow it, the line all the way back, it goes all the way back to, to Father Abraham. And, and Abraham was actually the grandfather of someone else. You know who it was? Jacob, the one who wrestles with God. And so Israel is the very people from whom Jesus has come. This is the family to whom Jesus was born. The Prince of Peace has wrestlers in his roots. I think that's an important truth for us today. I think it reveals to us a few things. And the first one is this. It reveals to us that, that the kind of peace that, that we're talking about here is, is different than the peace that we think of from a worldly perspective. Oftentimes we think of peace from a worldly perspective as the absence of conflict or the absence of chaos. But, but peace from a, from a faith perspective actually teaches us that, that peace is the presence of God even in the midst of chaos. In conflict, And that's what the, the story of Jesus' birth teaches us. It's what the prophet Isaiah is describing when he paints for us this picture of, of the coming of Christ. Isaiah 11 says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. See, Jesus' birth signifies this new life, like new growth growing out of this, the stump of this dead tree, the stump of Jesse, the roots of a people who've been cut down and cast aside, exiled from this broken, fallen family tree. God is sprouting new life from the seeds of, of a Savior. And these new branches are going to bear new fruit. That's good news for us in, in, in the brokenness of our lives and of our family trees. See, the truth of the matter is we've, we've all got, got crazy people in our family, right? Uh, I saw this on Facebook this week. It said, everybody has at least one crazy person in their family, and if you don't know who that is in your family, it might be you. <laughs> See, the truth that the Bible teaches us is that Jesus... Jesus does too. Jesus has a family and Jesus comes from a family. And, and, and just like our families, we don't have it all together, right? We're broken, imperfect people. Jesus was the only perfect person to ever walk the face of the earth. But he comes from a people who are imperfect. In fact, the purpose, I believe, the purpose of Jesus coming from a particular people uh, in a particular place for a particular purpose is to show the world that God cares about all of his crazy kids. That God cares about not just the, that God loves the righteous rule followers, but God also loves the rowdy wrestlers among us. Jesus was born into a long line of wrestlers for the purpose of bringing new life to a people that had been separated from God by sin. God sent Jesus to come bring hope 
to a people who had been wrestling in hopeless situations for generation after generation. Jesus came to bring peace on earth to all people who are wrestling to find their place in the family and their place in the world. Jesus came for people like you and me. Amen? That's the good news of God's grace that's ours in and through this little baby that was born in a manger. Which, by the way, God gave him a name too. Two names. Do you remember what they were? The first one was Yeshua. It means the Lord saves. And it also the Bible also says he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, the good news of the Christmas story is that Jesus came as one of us so that we might become one with God again. Jesus came as God with us so that we might be with God now and forever. His name literally means the Lord saves because through his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, we have salvation in and through him. That in and through Jesus all who are hurting and need help might find hope for their hearts and minds. That in Jesus and through Jesus, all who wrestle with God might find peace for their restless souls. But not just any kind of peace, right? The kind of peace that's found in the one who conquered chaos and conflict once and for all through his death. On the cross. That's why Colossians 1 says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It's the good news of God's grace for you and for me. So what about what about you this morning? Are you willing to admit that you come from a long line of wrestlers? That maybe even you yourself might be one who wrestles with God? And that that's okay? What are you wrestling with this morning, this season, this year? Where are you restless in your heart, your mind, your soul? Where are you experiencing conflict and chaos and your longing for peace, the kind of peace that's found in the presence of God. I want you to know that you're in the right place this morning. You're among family, that when we gather in worship, this is a, a family gathering of sorts, and it centers around this table where we can release our burdens and we can receive the blessings of God's grace. This is where we come to the table realizing that, that Jesus is there waiting for us with these gifts of Advent, of hope and peace and joy and love. We don't have to earn them. We don't have to worry about whether they're enough. We can be certain that our generous God has generous blessings that he wants to give us. There's more than enough, not just for us, but for us to share with those around us. So today you need to be reminded of the good news of Advent, that, that God loves you just as you are, that God loves you wherever you are, that the Christ who came at Advent comes to you today. And all you have to do is receive him.
But let's come to the table this morning to receive that blessing. The blessing of the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to know that, that as we come to the table today, that it's, it's not my table, it's not a fellowship table or a United Methodist table. This is Christ's table. And Christ invites to his table all who, who love him and who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with God and with one another. So as we come to the table today, as we prepare our hearts and minds, I want to invite you to pray with me uh, as we silently uh, confess our sin and lift up our burdens to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give thanks to you that we can approach your throne of grace with confidence. Lord, we confess that, that we have fallen short of your glory. Lord, that we have not done things that we wish we had and done things we wish we hadn't. And Lord, we thank you that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that that proves your love for us, that in the, the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And so we confess our sin, we release our burdens, and we receive your grace today. And we give thanks to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to invite you to join me with the great thanksgiving that's on the screen. Uh, you're going to read the part that says, people. And I'll read the part that says leader. Uh, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise to you, almighty God. You are the creator of all things and the sustainer of all things. You've come to be with us and to be one of us so that we might be with you for all eternity. So God, we thank you for the gift of your good news and we, we proclaim today these words of worship. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now I want to invite you to affirm your faith with me as we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. On the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, they were sitting around the table remembering the, the great tradition of the Passover. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body that's broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you celebrate this new family tradition, do it in remembrance of me. So, God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice, that you would make them be for us the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. And God, now we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I want to invite those that are serving to come at this time. As they come, I'm going to give uh, some instructions. Uh, since we're at our tables today, uh, we don't really have rows, but we just want to invite you to come. There'll be two stations, one right here, one right over here. If you'd like to have the kits, they're on the ends there if you want to just come and grab, and grab a kit. But if you'd like to come receive communion, Today, you can come to either one of these stations just as you feel led. Uh, our servers, one will give you a piece of bread and you'll hear the words, the body of Christ broken for you. Then you'll receive one of the cups from one of these trays and you'll hear the words, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. After you receive communion today, the altars are open as well. If you'd like to come and, and pray, you're more than Welcome to do that. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to do that. Uh, you can put the trash from your cup in those two little trash receptacles there and just return to your seats as we continue to worship. Uh, whatever that looks like for you today, I just want to invite you, as, as we always say, at the end of the service, just with these last few minutes that we have together today, gathered as a family in the presence of God, would you just be open to what God might be saying to your heart and be willing to respond? So... Once our servers get in place, you'll be invited to come. Would you come? Let's let's also stand as we sing together.